given us a chance to take a bit of a Sabbath in some ways and reevaluate, have times of rest, and there's some good things about that. But it also became a time of great reflection. And now that we're through this season of COVID, for the most part, and I know there's in different nations, it's looking different. Even in different parts of Canada, it's looking quite different. <laughs> but now that we're by and large, for the most part, through COVID, I don't see too many of you wearing masks. Then uh, now we're in a time where really the church is being invited to rebuild. But pastor after pastor that I talk to, they're all sensing the same thing. It's not about going back to what it was like in 19, 2019. It's not just picking up where we left off. We are in a different time. We're even in a different era, perhaps. We could use that word. And so knowing that it's different means that we need to be able to think really widely and way outside the box and even imagine that things that we perhaps wouldn't have even considered before God might want to do. And maybe one of those things is release a spirit of prayer into the local church in a profound way where the local church becomes just that, a house of prayer. So in, in some of this thinking and seeking the Lord, I've been writing over the last few years a, it's a blog. It's called, a, it's a Substack. Some of you may be familiar with that platform. It's, it's a platform that a lot of journalists use. And so I've got, there's a whole series of different articles on there. You can look at that. I think Karen, Kathy will probably post a little link to that. But I started to do some thinking and seeking God and praying about what does it mean to rebuild in this post-COVID time? What does it mean and what does God want to rebuild? Now, remember the Babylonian exile where Israel was taken away from their land and then they were allowed to come back and they were maybe not in great shape as they came back. There was a lot of issues that they were still struggling with, but God allowed them and called them back into the land and then the Lord required of them that they would rebuild this was going to be a part of what they were expected to do as they came back from the Babylonian captivity and it feels in some ways that we've been in exile doesn't it we're coming back and so there in the same way there are three structures that Israel built in that post-exilic time they rebuilt first and foremost the altar and then secondly the temple and then they finally built the wall. So in that sequence, the concentric circles starting at the altar. And it really, I really feel as though these are the things that the Lord is rebuilding within the church in this hour. He's rebuilding the altar. He's rebuilding the temple. And he's rebuilding the wall. Now, what are these are Old Testament concepts how do we translate it, that into the new testament what are the i think the way we do that is we ask the question what is the function of these three structures that what purpose did they serve in the old testament and then when we know this the function we can think of how what similarly in the new testament in these new covenant days what serves that function
I want to zero in on this thought about the altar and just really focus on that because it feels as though there's probably not enough time to, to think through all of those pieces. But I know this was the one that, that Kathy and Karen and Kwa King had really felt to underscore. And I would say that the altar in, obviously it was within the temple, was the place where for the most, there's the most intense sense of God's presence. The most, the greatest sense of worship is where worship continually happened with the sacrifice with the, the altar of incense, there, this place of presence, of prayer, and of worship, but it's a place also of unity. It's a place where it's not just individuals that come. It's all of Israel comes. It's not just everybody has their own altar. There is one altar, and we come to it together, and we come to it and we encounter God together it's a corporate place and, it, and so the sense is that the lord wants to rebuild real fabric of prayer and worship in a corporate way within the local church now when i say that if you're like me my mind would immediately go to this thought of oh let's have more corporate prayer meetings more corporate worship meetings and for sure let's do that but it's not just that. It's also the way that prayer and worship are integrated into our Sunday morning meetings, our board meetings, all these other. It's just it's, it's an increase of that reality. Now, the other thing that is important to think about when we talk about the altar is that in the New Testament, the altar is really most accurately can translate it across the testaments to the communion table. That is really the centerpiece of the altar in the new covenant. It's what the church has always believed. It's what the church has always considered to be the altar in the new covenant is the communion table, the place where we come together as one. We're not doing it on our own. We're doing it together. We come together as one to honor the work of the cross to receive the bread and the wine, the real presence of Christ in the place of encounter at the altar. And if we have just more prayer meeting, that's a good thing. But often, and I know your leaders, you've experienced this, your, your well-seasoned intercessors, those that have functioned in places of leadership, and you've seen and you've participated in many prayer meetings and you've noticed perhaps like I have that it's often troubling when you're in a time of prayer and it just begins to spiral into more about our emotions and how we feel but here's the wonderful thing about the altar when we come to the communion table and we allow that to become more predominant more central, more honored, more where there's more faith and expectation that we're actually going to encounter God there, then it keeps us in a Christ-centered, gospel-centered, cross-centered way where we don't go off on odd tangents and rabbit trails. It keeps us focused 
on Jesus, his work, his glory, his redemption, his desire and his ability to transform our lives and redeem our communities. When our hearts and our lives are focused on and uh, on the centrality of the cross, the centrality of the gospel, and, and this is one of the things that the altar will do, the communion table will do that. It keeps us focused on what is the, in a sense, the epicenter of worship and encounter with Christ. And so this this feature of, in a sense, restoring communion to the place that it used to hold within the body of Christ for 2000, for, so the church is 2000 years old, for a thousand years, the church was not split in any way. At the 1000 year mark, the church split into the East, Eastern church, the Eastern Orthodox, and the Western Church, which was the only expression of the Western Church, was the Catholic Church at that time. And all those years, thousand years, they believed that God, the place that God most encountered his people was at the communion table. It was for another 500 years, even though the church was split into two, that the church all believed, everybody believed, nobody thought any different that this was the place of the real presence of Christ. This was the place that was the most central in our worship. And it was the place of a greatest encounter. It wasn't until some of the teachings that came out, and not all, just a few, that came out of the Reformation that things began to, people began to think in different ways. And so I feel as though this is one of the key things that the Lord wants us to read see restored is this centrality of the altar, a place of communion, a place where we actually confess our sins so that we're coming to the table in a worthy manner. And the scriptures teach us, don't they, that when you come to the table in an unworthy manner, you can become sick, you can become weakened. But the converse is true. When you come to the table in a worthy manner, your spirit is strengthened in extraordinary ways. And I can tell you that I have grown so amazingly in ways that I have never expected through praying the Lord's Prayer. But the Lord in me praying that his kingdom would come and his will would be done, he has led me to the table. And not just me, but our whole church, we're coming to the table every week now and it becomes this incredible place of encounter with God and the strength that's coming to our spirits is, is something I'd never experienced before. So I'm going to stop there because I know that we're on a little bit of a tight timeline and I've gone on for about 25 minutes, I think. So I was trying to watch my time so I didn't kind of overstep here, but I wanted to just bring you some thoughts about one of the new things that God is doing, which is actually a very old thing, but it's like a restoration in the same way that when Israel came back from exile, they rebuilt what they had had many years ago. There is a rebuilding of what we had, what the church had many years ago, and it's a place of the altar. So I'm going to pass it back to Karen. And if there's any questions or if we wanted to move into prayer, it's up to you which way you want to go from here. 
Thank you, Sarah. I just was informed that Karen was kicked oh, off. Oh, Karen's the... been kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I she didn't she have didn't... Much, a great connection. <laughs> no, yeah. I hope she didn't miss too much of what you share, but at least it's recorded so she can sure. catch up. Yeah. I think what we were thinking of doing now is just probably entering a time. Does one or two people have any questions for Sarah before we end our time in prayer? I have a question. Yes. This is Shanta. How did the Lord's Prayer connect with the Lord's Table? With the communion? Wow, what a great question. It wasn't a straight line. But what it was, years of really just praying for his will to be done. And then that brings you into a place of real surrender and submission. When you pray for his will to be done, you have to be willing to pray that it's that his will would supersede yours and that you would pray, not my will, but yours be done. And so things that I, and communion wasn't, hasn't been the only thing, but there's been a lot of changes in my life as he's in a sense realigned me in some really very significant ways with what I would say is a more scriptural way than I, I was walking before, a healthier way, something that's more historic and more aligned with how the church has always walked with God and wisdom that's come from our fathers. We're supposed to honor our fathers and mothers so it will go well with us. Sometimes we don't honor our, our the fathers of the church very well. And so I think those are the main things. Another part of the prayer is give us this day our daily bread. You might think of that as a prayer for provision, and it is. But it is also, and the church has always believed this, it has also been a prayer for communion, a prayer for the encounter of communion, for the real presence of Jesus to meet us in the place of communion, that he is the bread of life and that he meets us at the, at the table. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. I think we have some time for prayer. Also, I'll po post Sarah, just give us some prayer points ahead of time. So I'm just going to put them in the chat and just feel free to, to jump in. I'm just going to read them out to turn our hearts toward the local church. So the Lord to give us his vision for her to take our churches deeper into the word presence and deeper in the lifestyle of prayer and to restore the centrality of the table, which is what we, she was just talking about, allow it to once again, become a primary place of encounter in our churches. Just wondering um, who would like to lead out. Teresa, did you want to get us started in praying for these? Okay, so first of all, thank you, Sarah, for sitting at the Father's feet, sitting at Jesus's feet, and allowing him to stir your spirit so that you might have further revelation. And Father, I so appreciate the fact that you're calling us back to the ancient ways in a way. And so we Thank you, Father, that you have, that it is your will and your purpose in us to have such intimacy with you, that we walk with you 
in 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 knowledge and in in such a personal way that we're always aware of you as you are aware of us and one of the ways <clears throat> that we grow in that father is <clears throat> to understand that you promised never to leave or forsake us so father i pray that the church all around the world globally mm -hmm. the church would garnish and gain hold of this revelation that you want to give us our bread daily in a very tangible present way so that we might walk in a fresh new intimacy father thank you for the bread of life that you give us thank you that is it's always what you've called us to do and so we thank you in advance for doing it in us doing it in corporately and i we i ask for opportunities to share this with the people in my area of influence but we also pray father that globally <clears throat> this word would go forth in whatever way you want it to go forth so that there would be revival and transformation in your body in your church and i pray this father in jesus name amen amen thanks Teresa. i think we have time for a couple more people for a couple of quick prayers Yes, I'd like to pray. I'm just so, so grateful for Sarah for sharing this and for your obedience to the Lord and for hearing for the body of Christ. And yes, this is such an intimate place to be with the Lord in a stable. And I pray, Father God, as you are bringing that revelation of sharing your body and your blood, just as you did to your disciples on the road to Damascus. That when they were having communion, there's such a revelation of you that just is so intimate, so real, so passionate of your love for your body and for each one of us. And as you're drawing your ecclesia together, Father, let that table and let that bread become the most important place. Lord, even when you're coming to take the bride away, it's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb, where you are so passionately waiting to drink with us once more. Lord, bring this revival. Bring this truth. I pray, Father God, today, as our dear sister has shared, that this will become a reality and a central and become the center, the epicenter of your church. Bless, Father God, us with, mm -hmm. as the disciples said, teach us to pray. Beautiful Lord, to come like a childlike babe and to be childlike before mm -hmm. you, that you would draw a sister away from all the strip, all the trappings, and bring her back this prayer thank you so much for sharing this with us again that every day we can come into this simplicity mm -hmm. and intimacy with you we ask this father in yeshua's name mm -hmm. amen amen thank you molly we have time for someone else to pray Lord, we thank you for the miracle of that we are one in you, Lord. And we pray that the revelation of your church being one body and our mm -hmm. communion 
with you and one another, this being the Father's will, Lord. We pray that you will that you will give the revelation. And as the witness today, Lord, that will stir up in our hearts the love of our local churches, Lord, and that we will understand from the inside out that this is truly a miracle that you have made us one already, Lord, and it's not something that we need to strive for, Lord, that it is your work and that you have worked it yourself, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that in the revelation of who you are, your majesty and your sovereignty, Lord, that the revelation of your love comes as well, Lord. And we thank you that, Lord, as your church around the world in local gatherings, Lord, we have nothing to fear from the revelation of your majesty and your sufficiency, Lord. We thank you that the revelation of your love for us comes as well in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Maybe one quick prayer or one quick question before we close off. I'd like to, Kathy, if I might. I have one quick comment. Sarah, I'm picking up a thread and I'm, I just put it out before you for your discernment, but I have been waiting and praying that someone in Canada would tie together our health situation with daily communion, or I think you said you were taking it weekly. But this connection right now, as we go into deeper aspects of the end times, is going to be so critical. And I believe that the Lord has been working this within you individually. So I just pray, Father, if this is a writing assignment that you're giving to Sarah, or a teaching assignment for the church in Canada, Father, would you impress that upon her spirit? And would you take her into the depth of everything you have in the power of us recognizing the sacrifice and especially the power of the blood at a time where we've just come through a pandemic and Lou Engel had raised up the blood communion worldwide. And I believe we're all being pulled into this. Father, I just sense tonight that Sarah may hold this may be a thread that you've placed within her herself. So loose that if that's truly of you, Father, and bless you, Sarah, for what you shared tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hannah, for sharing that. And I'm going to call back Karen. I think she got kicked off and now I think she's back. Are you back, Karen? We're calling out. <laughs> oh, there she is. Yeah. Oh, you're not able. Okay. At least she can listen in anyways. It is after nine. Oh, Hillary, yes. Yes. I was wondering, could Sarah just very briefly give us an understanding about the walls, the protection around this ministry, because so many times healing deliverance ministry, the altar starts and then there's an, an invasion, a mess. Would you be willing to just briefly give us a bit of wisdom about the wall? It might not be something that I could do super briefly, but what I would recommend if... <laughs> This might sound a little self-serving, but I think it's probably actually the most effective way to be able to communicate that is if you go to the Substack site that is linked there, there's going to be teaching come out in the next couple of days on the wall. And it's the way that the Lord wants to build this wall up in the body of Christ and also on the temple. 
because we often think of the church as like this big movement, which it is, but it is also a structure. And God is intent that we be built together in union and in community and in locations. There's a sort of an embodiment of we, we take up space, we live on land. <laughs> And so those are all going to be on Substack and you can, if you grab that link out of the chat, you can go there and there's all that stuff for free. Also, I'm just going to post a link to a fantastic YouTube video mm. that Francis Chan did on communion. And if you haven't seen it, it will actually be very helpful and maybe answer some questions you might have, but some of the things that I'm talking about, yeah, that should work. Okay. That's great yeah yeah perfect yeah it's on there now. that's wonderful sarah we just are so grateful that you've taken the time to be with us this evening I, I think we've all been impacted by it and we just hope we can also have you come back i think it'd be awesome would you pray us off tonight absolutely thank you father i want to thank you for each one of my brothers and sisters that are gathered here from across the nations the way that you have put in them a heart for prayer, the way that you have put in them a vision for their nations. Lord, we just declare that this is a work of your spirit, that it is not something that they've just mustered up on their own, but you have, in, you have posited into their hearts faith and vision for redemption and transformation in their nations. And Lord, I just want to bless the work of your spirit mm -hmm. in their lives. And Father, I pray for each one of them. Mm -hmm in every place that they may feel a little bit disoriented or weary or uncertain about the times and the seasons that we're in right now. Any residual warfare that they've walked through that has clung to them out of this season of COVID with all of its anxiety and illness and division, Lord, we ask that you would wash them from that and that you would strengthen them in their spirits to seek you and to know you and to find you, even if it looks differently than they have experienced in the past. I pray for each one of them to find a, a deep rooting in the local church. I'm confident that almost everybody is, but if there's any that has, is finding themselves just just not, it doesn't feel like a good fit or it doesn't feel like there's real, it's a real life-giving place. Lord, we pray that those connections and that investment and that just doing life together, place of union with the local church, the community of God, place of koinonia that would become alive and full of your grace full of your spirit let it be a place where life springs up where there's discipleship and maturity and a gifting allowed to flourish father i just bless them with the grace and the goodness of the local church i just ask that you would continue to bless this gathering as it meets as they sharpen one another and hear what your spirit is saying to the church. I pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen and amen. amen. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you all. We usually end by just saying Shabbat Shalom and we all unmute and we just say Shalom or goodbye or whatever. So let's all do that. <laughs>
Thank you. 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 Thank you.